Hello, welcome to this Monday afternoon edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today starts a three-part preview series with Locked On Canadians with a special crossover. We basically talked about where the teams were during the season, where they were when they paused, basically, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. So, um, as always, this show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all at rockauto.com. So, without further ado... Here is part one of our three-part preview series between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens. All right, so we've got a really unlikely playoff occurrence happening in terms of having to qualify to get into the playoffs, but also, you know, the number 24 team ranked in the NHL making the playoffs. So this is all, like, extremely unusual. So maybe let's start with recapping how each team did like overall in the last season, because it was technically four and a half months ago at this point. I don't want to talk about how the Canadian season went. (laughs) It was part of our descent into madness as that went, but at least the Penguins for everything that was going on had a pretty solid ending to their season in a competitive Metro division. Didn't they? Yes. Uh, the Penguins that they should have honestly got into the top four, but you know, they had to have a nice six game losing streak in, in February when they had that California road trip and a bunch of losses to the Maple Leafs and everyone to basically slide them out to the number five seed. But they were starting to play better towards the pause. But you know, this is what happens when you have a 67 game losing streak where you don't get any points and yeah, now you have to qual. You know, you actually have to qualify just to get into the playoffs. <laughs> well, the Canadians had two eight-game losing streaks. I mean, not that it's a competition, not to brag, but our team had two eight-game, like like eight games in a row losing streaks. They did get a couple points because there were some overtime losses in that, but they did have a really tough season. I was gonna say, is it a bragging point when your team loses eight games in a row twice, or is it just kind of like a shame brag kind of thing? I was shame bragging. I'm not proud of this team by any means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the Penguins they lost eight of their last eleven to end the uh, NHL so-called season before the pause. So um, yeah, I mean at, le- at least they get to they get in, and you know it, the, the best part is they're going to be healthy going in, which is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the top six. I was going to say they're without Nick Bugstead going into this, and I know they had a bunch of other injuries. They're <laughs> all back, right? <laughs> I don't know who Nick. B- I don't know who Nick Bugstead. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> poor, poor, yeah, poor Nick Bugstead. He just didn't really get to play a lot this season, but. Um, he's basically, uh, well, Dominic Simone too. He he played, he was playing all over. So those will be the only two players that the Penguins will be without uh, going into the playoffs. Everyone else is 100% good to go. And the Penguins did have some freak injuries throughout the year, right? That that was definitely, I remember, you know, it's, and I, I feel like this isn't even the first year. It's always like, there's this like crazy weird one of like, oh, now this guy's down and now this guy's down. And it's like, it's Sidney Crosby or Chris Letang. It's not some nobody. Every every time you turn the corner, there's another Penguins injury. I mean, Sidney Crosby, of course, was out the hernia. We already talked about Nick Bukestad, Dominic Simone. I mean, Zach Aston Reese was out. John Marino had that three-week injury, which, I mean, kind of screwed over his Calder Trophy finalist bid that people were trying to hype him up for. I don't Honestly, I don't really think he was going to get it, even if he didn't get hurt, because uh, there's at least two guys up there who are – one of them is going to win it. But – 
it just seemed like every time you turn the corner, the defenseman got hurt and then the goaltenders got hurt. And I honestly thought this was probably Mike Sullivan's best coaching job as Penguins head coach. And, you know, the fact that he wasn't a Jack Adams finalist is kind of funny. But um, it was it just the injuries were just ridiculous. <laughs> I think the Canadians had a couple of key injuries, but the unfortunate thing was that even even if you discount the importance of those overall they struggled a lot in in two key respects one was defensive coverage and two like actually putting the puck in the net like they are coached by Claude Julien and his teams are really good at generating shots like their possession metrics are always really good but the Canadians just couldn't finish and then whenever the puck was in their own end they couldn't get it back out like that's something that's kind of like that. That was if if you wanted to summarize the Canadian season, that's how I would summarize it. Yeah, if I wanted to summarize the Penguin season, good start. Then they had a really hot stretch where I think it was like a twenty-three and six and two. Then the ending to the season, which of course was just terrible. But for I guess at the start they were really good at limiting chances. Their underlying numbers were good. Then the numbers went up as Brian Dumoulin and Chris Letang and John Marino got hurt because someone such as Jack Johnson decided to, have, to play top pairing minutes, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And then the goaltending kind of sunks down a little bit, mostly Matt Murray. And then Trist- Tristan Jari also sinks down a little bit. But then the numbers start going back up as the players got healthier. So kind of it was just up and down in terms of the defensive play, I guess, is one of the biggest ways I would describe the season. Oh, and Brian Rust almost had 30 goals, which came out of nowhere. So I uh, just had to throw that one in. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah, I no, I don't think anyone saw that coming with Brian Rust. Um, Zach Aston Reese, too. I don't think anyone saw that he was going to become one of the best defensive forwards in the whole NHL. I would have said good bottom six player, but he is the machine that makes that Aston Reese Bluger tan of line go, which I mean, I mean we're going to get into that like with the whole matchup later in this, but um, he came into his own a lot this season. It, it must be nice that it's like no matter who they like, even if it was just Sidney Crosby or if Crosby was out, it was Malkin, whoever they put up there, it's just kind of like, oh, this just kind of works now. Mm-hmm. And it always seems like every season, it's like that's how Jake Gensel kind of came out of nowhere. Like you said, Brian Rust, Zach Aston Reese, and all these other players that they just come out of nowhere. But because they have that centerman who, you know, lifts up their play or elevates their play, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, they scored 30 goals. And you go, when the hell did that happen? Like, <laughs> it, it, it really must be nice. It, it does help when you play next to Evgeny Malkin, who was basically on a tear this season anyway. He came out like a, a house on fire, and especially when Sidney Crosby was out. Um, he, he he was carrying the Penguins to wins basically virtually every time they won games. He was just on fire. He's a beast. And, it you know, like I keep saying, it must be nice. I think the Canadians kind of have a bright future, but the contrast with the Penguins is the, is the Penguins are very much in a win-now mode because I don't think that they expected this window to open. They won two in a row, and the window is still open. Like, And, and I want to ask you from your perspective because it seems – a little bit like for a while people thought, okay, like when they didn't get that three-peat, it's over now. Like now it's like it's time to start retooling, rebuilding, thinking towards the future. But, you know, especially Sidney Crosby is like, no, no, like we got to do this. Like we've got a lot more left in us. 
Yeah, that, that when they didn't get that three-peat, I mean, a lot of us were kind of relieved in a way, and I honestly shouldn't say that, but, like, that team was just so gassed after that season. I mean, they just – you could just tell during that series against the Capitals. It's just like, yeah, I mean, they're they're not playing like they used to the last couple seasons. And then, of course, you have the Islanders sweep, which was just embarrassing on all levels. All the trade rumors came out. But, I mean, they've made a lot of good additions to the team this offseason. Brandon Tanev, a lot of people dumped on that contract. I, I ate all the crow. I'll continue to eat all the crow. But um, he, he, he's been really, really good. Um, John Marino, but I mean, Sidney Crosby just lives and breathes hockey. Uh, <laughs> he will not be satisfied until he probably wins at least one more Stanley Cup. This guy just, he loves to win, I think, more than anything. Um, uh, this also, this will be a new thing. He will get the chance to potentially play on his birthday against the Canadians. So, um, <laughs> on Sidney Crosby to score a goal in one game of this series, if it goes to four games, you should probably put the house on that one, considering it is. August 7th, why is 87 his number? Well, there, there you have it right there. But, um, yeah, he's just he, – he wants to win basically all the time. And I, I know that goes the same for any hockey player, but this guy just lives and breathes the sport. And he know he senses – I think he just senses the opportunity with Gino to tie um, Gretzky with four and Messier because I think they only won four together when they were a duo. Now that we have a little bit of a break, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices are always reliably low and the same professionals and do it yourselves. Why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Right. And and that's the thing. Like there's like this massive opportunity and it's true. Like hockey players as a whole are competitive. Like nobody wants to lose. They all want to win. They all want that glory. They all want that Stanley cup. But Mm. I feel like like Sidney Crosby, like you said, he lives and breathes it. I often feel like there's I don't even know if there's anything else going on in his life. You know, like when he's not playing, he's training, skating, trying to get better. I know, you know, I've heard from so many people that he he really gets into stats and video and stuff like that. Like he's crazy about hockey. And it would you know, if it wasn't if if I if I weren't a Canadian fan, it would be like, from my perspective, I would be like, that'd be really cool, you know, to see somebody have that kind of success over his career. But as it stands now, they are playing my team and I don't want them to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's he, he, he literally like, yeah, he just lives and breathes hockey. I mean, there was a, po- I think um, it, was on, it was on social media the other day. Uh, we finally got to see. Um, his girlfriend for like the first time in five years. And it's like, wow, Sid, you like actually, have, apparently you have a social life that you just do not know about. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone was just making jokes on Twitter and all that. I thought, I thought that was really funny, but I mean, yeah, he's, I, I've been a couple articles in the, on the athletic. He just, some people just send something about him that he's just ready to carry the penguins. This, this, if you want to call this the pandemic cup or whatever the hell out other name you want to use for it, he, people just think he's ready to really just give this another go, especially with Jake Ensel coming back and the whole team just basically being a hundred percent healthy. 
And that's kind of for, you know, like people keep talking about, oh, it's an asterisk cup. It's an asterisk cup. Mm-hmm. No, it's an asterisk qualification. But once you're in, you still <laughs> got to win that many games. You still have to yes. beat the best of the best. And so like and 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 he must I, I know we're going to get into this like it, it later on in our preview. But just to be able to come back from injury after having that kind of trouble and like be whatever the Sidney Crosby version of refreshed is like to come into the playoffs, like that must be huge. Yeah. And I know he's been battling a a little injury the last like week and a half. Apparently Elliot Friedman on his 31 thoughts podcast said it's like a minor abdominal injury. We all know Mike Sullivan can't comment on it, but that's what Elliot Friedman's been hearing. But I mean, I think he's going to play in the exhibition game. He'll play in the playoffs, but I, I think, yeah, especially coming off those sports hernia injuries, I, I just I've heard those injuries are very bad, um, and they just they take a lot out of you. But he should be 100% ready to go. I, I know I've said it already. Jake Ensel coming back on his line is just going to make him even more um, dangerous than he already is. Um, I, I we'll get into like just basically like you said previewing it later, but I think people are underrating Connor Sherry on that line too. I've really liked his camp. Um, he just looks a lot different and just a lot better so i'm 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 crossing my fingers for that version of connor sherry to come over to the play it around but i was i was going to ask both of you guys are are you guys like happy you guys are going to be playing in the qualifying round i mean i know a lot of Habs fans are like okay let's tank for the number one overall pick here let's we're the team that probably needs alexis lafreniere the most so um what are your guys's like thoughts on it i guess I'm scared to answer this question on the basis that my fan base will come after me with, uh, you know, pitchforks and torches. <laughs> but my, my entire thought is, hey, I want you guys to kind of go out there and give it your all, but kind of lose in five games so we can still get in that draft lottery there. Like, it, it's such a difficult situation that it's like, hey, we won. Crap. Or oh, And then it's like, <laughs> now what? It's like. This is a team that needs that that lottery pick to finish, you know, kind of going into the retooling. And as fun as winning is going to be, it's just kind of like it's not what the team needs right now. But also it's carry price and net. So anything can happen. And it's just the most conflicting thing ever is that I'm like, I want them to play well. I want them to go out there and prove that they were not this bad this year. But I need them to go out there and prove they were this bad this year so they get the lottery (laughs) pick out of it. It's also a huge difference. Like if they even if they don't get that number one pick, if they lose in this qualifying round, they're going to end up with the ninth overall. But if they win this and lose to the next playoff series, it goes down to pick 16. I believe the athlete calculated it that way. And so a top 10 pick is very different from a top 20 pick. So for us, the silver lining is it's, it's not a silver lining. It's a goal. Like the silver line, the silver lining would be if they win, that's not the desired outcome, but at least we get, you know, a few more weeks of fun out of it. And that's really the way that we kind of approach it. So we can't outright say we want our team to lose, but we think if the team loses, if they happen to lose to a far, like far superior team, then we're not going to be too bad because it's better for their future. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> this, this, this would be interesting because if you guys beat the penguins, then the penguins have an, also an opportunity to get the number one overall pick. And no. then I would just <laughs> Twitter takes and just the chaos that would come out of it. If the penguins got 
Alexis Lafreniere. So win or lose situation for the Penguins. Of course, I'm going to want the Penguins to win because, well, you're trying to get Sidney Crosby his fourth Stanley Cup time with Wayne Gretzky. But if you lose, you potentially get a shot at the number one overall pick. Your depth gets better. And, oh, you get to see Twitter melt and just have a bunch of drinks and just enjoy that because <laughs> miracle. I, I don't want them to have another first overall pick, though. Well, I mean, it could be worse. It could be the Oilers, I suppose, which no thanks, or it could be the Maple Leafs. Out of everything, I suppose it's the best, if that's possible. But, like, if the Oilers, I want the first overall pick. Yeah. If the Oilers lose to the Blackhawks, that's, that's just sad because that Blackhawks team is just really bad. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you guys getting the number one overall pick would make the most sense because you guys are the team that needs him the most out of any of the qualifying teams. I yeah, definitely the NHL's agree. NHL's never been about deserving things. They're just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, here you go. And then yeah. there, <laughs> there we are. Poor Detroit. Poor Detroit Red Wings fans. Eh. Eh. They're in our <laughs> division. This year, so eh. Um, but yeah, like, so last week we had Sean Gentilion for two episodes and, um, one of the things that we talked about was how, you know, I, I, I mentioned that like, if I'm the Penguins, I'm really pissed that I, I now have to beat this team that like, doesn't even deserve to like get into the playoffs. And now I got to beat them to actually make the playoffs. But his argument was that if you don't want this to happen, don't go on like, what was it? They lost eight out of 11 games at the very end like that. So, yeah, like you lose eight out of the last 11 games that that's not really I mean, that's not what a championship team does. Right. Yes. That that whole trip, that whole losing streak basically started, you know, right around close to the trade deadline. You know, they lost to the Maple Leafs and they lost to the Sabres, then the Capitals. And then, oh, you go out to the West Coast to play three really bad California teams. Oh, you get swept in the California road trip against three teams that were just basically tanking. And yeah, it's just you just you wanted to get into the round robin. You can't lose eight of your last 11, especially a lot of those games were against really bad teams, basically teams that were tanking, like I said. And you know what? Now you got to go up against a team that really doesn't deserve to be there, but anything can happen, especially if somehow Carey Price goes into God mode like Yaroslav Halak did in 2010, which I really, really still try to forget to this day. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's the thing, because like, from the Canadians' perspective, this is a really weird turn of events because at that point, like they kept trying, like, you know, they, they were not making it happen, but they kept trying. They did everything. They trade, they, 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 um, sorry, they signed Ilya Kovalchuk. I shouldn't say that they traded for him. He was bought out, but you know, they basically pulled out whatever stops that they could, but then it became really evident, uh, around the time of the trade deadline. And it seemed like they had given up. And when I say, given up. I don't mean they were playing to lose. I think they just, they didn't have any ideas. They didn't have anything left in the tank. And then they're kind of like thrust in this situation where everybody expected at the pause, they would go home. Like they didn't think that they were going to be part of this, whatever the, the, um, the plan for the postseason would be. I think they all expected to just go home, prepare for the draft, prepare for the next season. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually, no, you're coming back and you have to qualify to make the playoffs when really you should have just, you know, and so it's a very, very weird turn of events where like you've given up and then now like they might even have new motivation. You know, I don't think that, you know, they, I don't think that they think that they're the favorites by any 
respect that even Shea Weber said, you know, it's nice to be the underdog and maybe, you know, we just, we just need a couple of things to go our way and we can do it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I was, I was reading the Elliot Freeman's 31 thoughts and he was talking about like that Montreal situation, how apparently there was a raucous call and, you know, it seemed like they were unhappy, like, Oh, now we're back in this situation and blah, 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 blah. And I, I do like that Shea Weber quote, you know, feels good to be the underdog against a team that, is very very good <laughs> that should probably be in the round robin but you know what that's why you don't go on those big losing streaks but you know it, it, there were some people that I, i've seen been saying oh yeah i mean montreal is really not going to like give it their best like oh they, they they want the number one overall pick it's like let's just be real any player in this situation is going to play their ass off i don't really care who it is and they're going to give it their all. And if you know what they lose, they lose. If then, then they win, you know, you keep playing. You keep this Cinderella story going at least for a couple more weeks. If if, if you play like Boston in the next round, who they go 3-0, they get the number one seed or Philadelphia, Washington, whoever. So, you know, I think like uh, you guys honestly said at best, it's kind of a win-win situation. More so a win if you lose because you get the chance for the number one overall pick. But still, if you win this. I mean, you keep the Cinderella story going at least for a couple more weeks since I think the next round is a – all four next rounds are a best of seven. Right, exactly. It's like it's actual playoffs. And, mm. you know, the conventional wisdom on tanking, and I really do believe that, is that players don't tank. Oh, coaches no. don't tank. It's management that tanks by putting bad players and bad coaches out there. So, like, th- these players are not going to play to lose. Like, Claude Julian is not going to coach to lose. They're going to do their very best, and our hope is that they do their very best, but it's just not enough to beat the Penguins so that then they have that 12.5% shot at the number one pick. Like, that's, you know, the players are just not wired to lose. Like, that's not something that we can sit and expect is that the Canadians are going to tank this this five-game series. Yeah, that's got to be Mark Bergevin's mindset going into it, too. Okay, I want my players to play really good, but in the back of my mind, I prefer them to lose because... (laughs) I get that number one overall pick but I mean like you said the players are not wired that way they will give it their all every time in this situation because you know it's a second chance they didn't expect to be in this so you you know what they're not there's no expectations for them so just go out <laughs> yeah give it give it your all and you just see what happens right and so let's quickly as we get into that uh recap sort of like did anything major happen during the pause on the Canadian side, Jonathan Drouin came back from injury. Uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi first, like, all of a sudden, like, grew twice his size and worked on his skating. You know, there's, like, there's been a couple of things like that where the Canadians have kind of benefited from the pause. Uh, Scott, who am I forgetting? Somebody else came back. <laughs> uh, Shea Weber grew a ridiculous mountain man beard. Um, I know That's there's someone important. else that we're forgetting, and I can't Is it remember Paul Byron? Who... No, Byron moved back before the season ended. Um... Oh no! Oh no! (laughs) This is we're forgetting somebody who was injured. Oh, let's see. Well, Weber was back. Oh, Mete is back because he had his broken foot at the end of the season. So (laughs) sorry, Victor. We really, we really do love you, but I forgot about you. This is a very professional podcast. I need to just let our listeners know that we've been out in the sun. Like we've been spending a lot of time outside before we record. So that's why our brains aren't firing on all cylinders. We do know what's going on in the Habs world. It's just, it's just, you know, I'm going to blame it on tiredness and heat. (laughs) I'm going to blame it on the wine, but that might just be me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't want to say without you saying. 
I mean, I'm not going to hide it. Anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I was drinking wine all afternoon. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on being at the beach for like about a about a week, and then uh, I get to go back in a couple weeks with the same family, bringing their own food, and I'll probably be feeling it again. So <laughs> that's just going to be a time. So will it be when when the series is going on, you'll be out at the beach, or will it be after that? Right, right after. So I think the series ends on the 8th. Well, that would be game five. So we would go away on the 9th through the 16th. So um, it'll either be a pretty happy trip with the Penguins uh, winning the series. So then I can just enjoy myself and just drink a bunch or, you know, be a little more disappointed, but also realizing that they have a chance to get the number one overall pick. So either way, I think I'm going to drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is my birthday is on the 8th. So if this does go to five games, like this has the potential to like really, really ruin my birthday or, <laughs> or make me really happy depending on what I'm feeling. Like if, if it, if it, I don't even know. Like, I, I, I want the Canadians to, to give it their all and lose. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, it might be that the moment that they do lose, I'll be really upset. I don't know. But this has the makings of either making or ruining Sidney Crosby's birthday and then making or ruining my birthday. 